1: This is the High Stakes Lowdown, a Rotoviz podcast brought to you by the Fantasy Football Players Championship. I'm Eric Balkman from the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour and the FFPC. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric Balkman and the FFPC on Twitter at FFPC. Today, I'm speaking with Jamie Joseph, a former FFPC and Football Guys Players Championship league winner. His career winnings in the FFPC total more than twenty five thousand dollars. In this episode, we'll mull over when we'll see Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin turn it on, what he expects to see from a Freemanless Falcons backfield, where the fantasy production will come in Oakland, and much more. Before we get into the show, I want to remind everyone that you can get a listeners-only 30% discount to a Rotoviz NFL pass through the NFL podcast homepage, rotoviz.com podcast. Your subscription gives you unlimited access to all of the RotoViz content and tools, and it supports the podcast channel. Now, without further ado, here's $25,000 FFPC winner, Jamie Joseph. Jamie Joseph, a former guest of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, and now uh, appearing on this week's RotoViz High Stakes Lowdown 12th place team in the Football Guys Players Championship. Congrats on the success thus far, and thanks for joining me this week.
3: Man, glad to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: When you are not uh, playing in the Football Guys Players Championship in the main event with the FFPC, tell the listeners what you're doing, spending your time uh, with for work.
3: <laughs> work? What's
1: work? <laughs>
3: <laughs> my uh, Everybody will tell you that knows me that I, that I don't work, but um, I actually do work, in my opinion. Um, I have the luxury of being self-employed, so... Uh, I've been in the natural stone and masonry supply business for the last uh, 20 years, and so uh, I think I've earned the right not to work.
1: Oh yeah, for <laughs> sure. That's that's hard yeah. work. Yeah, obviously, yeah. So in you, well, I don't I- actually I don't actually do
3: the labor part of it. I just I can kind of. Co- point and say do this and do that and yeah i'm good
1: yeah you're more of a i mean you're more of the uh the managerial of, of exactly in the managerial I, role there well don't, get I mean, me,
3: don't get me laying stone i'll be in trouble
1: in the same way i mean you're in, in with all your fantasy teams you're you're you know telling guys to go sit on the bench you're telling guys to get in your starting lineup you're telling guys to get off your roster and so on and so forth so there's There's some crossover there for sure, and it's obviously been playing out as you have ascended in a 7,800-team tournament. You are in 12th place now overall heading into Week 7 of the Football Guys Players Championship. Let's get into the roster that you put together, and we'll start in the fifth round. Jimmy Graham was your selection there. He's sort of been hit or miss thus far, but do you think the lack of chemistry with Rodgers is actually what's been holding him back? Um, And then do you see him finishing as high as maybe the number 4 tight end overall at season's end? Uh,
3: you know, I mean, in the preseason, everybody said he had a, a step back and he, and he was, he was the same Jimmy Graham of, of old. And, and obviously to me, it, it seems like he's, he's still, he doesn't have that step that he, that he used to have. Um, it, I don't know how you don't get on, 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 on cue with Rogers and what, what he's doing on that offense. So, um, I think it's more of, uh, him losing a step. Um, obviously I think the the running game's holding the Packers back a little bit. So, um, to your question of, whether or not he's going to be a top five tight end. Um, There's a possibility, obviously. they got to try to figure things out, some things out in the bye. But, yeah, I think uh, they're going to have to pass their way to the playoffs uh, without a doubt because the running game looks like it's – not so good for the Packers right
1: now. Yeah, definitely stuck in neutral on that for sure. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious what's going to happen because I think Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison will be back after the week seven bye, and then that's obviously going to eat into Graham's targets too, but you could also make the case that once Allison gets out there, who's been a pretty good field stretcher thus far, and obviously with the rise of Marquez Valdez-Scantling, I mean, this is the kind of stuff that should open things up to for Jimmy Graham underneath, so maybe he's not going to you know, be that seam ripper that he had been in New Orleans, but The stuff underneath for him, and and the red zone threats, uh, the red zone threat that he poses to opposing defenses when he gets out there. I mean, that's going to make him pretty valuable, especially in a tight end premium format like the FFPC.
3: No, I agree one hundred ten percent. I think you're right. It's um, it's, it's definitely uh, definitely with Scanlon and and Allison coming back, um, you're going to get the the field stretched, and it should open things up for him underneath.
1: Emmanuel Sanders, uh, your seventh-round pick on your 12th-place team, he's basically been the number one receiver in Denver. Demarius Thomas has been largely disappointing. He's had a couple of good weeks. Um, I'm kind of looking at this from the standpoint of we we sort of know what Emmanuel Sanders is with Case Keenum. What we don't know is if Chad Kelly does indeed take over as the starting quarterback there, we don't know what Sanders will be. Are you still going to be rolling Sanders out there in your starting lineup if if Case Keenum gets benched? And honestly, could could it actually be a good thing for Sanders' fantasy value catching passes from Chad Kelly instead of uh, Case Keenum?
2: Well, I
3: mean, uh, at this point, I really don't want to find out. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'd
3: rather I'd rather have it stay stay like it is, but um, I'm gonna roll them out. Of course, um, you know Chad Kelly is what the the last pick of the seventh round, I think it was. Yep. Um, not not quite sure on that, but uh, yeah, it's it's always a chemistry thing, and and you know. Getting in the NFL and, and, and throwing your first pass—some um, some guys have it, some guys don't—and um, yeah, I don't want to find out this year. I mean, I'd like maybe next year. Let's see, let's see how it looks.
1: <laughs> and, and and honestly, like there there's no reason. Well, I'll ask you this: there's no reason for us to think that if Case Keenum continues to be the starting quarterback in Denver, there's no reason to think that Sanders is going to slow down. And there's also no reason to think that Demarius Thomas is all of a sudden going to turn it on. I mean, I think we're seeing what we can expect the rest of the way right now.
3: Oh, I, most definitely I mean Demarius Thomas has been a disappointment to me for the last two years. Um, so he's not the player he used to be for sure. And uh, Sanders keeps shining and, and I think he'll, he'll be the, the go-to guy, like you said, um, kind of a, uh, Something that I wasn't expecting this year, but yes, it's been a a great surprise.
1: Devontae Freeman has landed on the Atlanta Falcons injured reserve designated to return. So, I mean, there's a chance that he could be back. I believe he has to miss eight weeks. You're talking about, you know, week 15 or whatever he's coming back. It's going to, he's going to be a tough hold. But as far as the Falcons running back situation goes, uh, now you have Tevin Coleman there. You have Ito Smith there. I'm curious as to how you view these guys, if you own them anywhere, are they going to cannibalize each other's value where, you know, both of them become flexes at this point, or could they both be, you know, top 20, top 24 running backs uh, the rest of the way, given the right matchup? How do you view Coleman and Smith going forward, Jamie?
3: Yeah, I think you're right. It's all going to be about the matchups. Obviously if you look at their, uh, their split right now, I mean, I want to say it's been close to, to even um, maybe Coleman just with, with a few more carries and a few more touches. But uh, yeah, I, I would say, I would say Tevin Coleman for me. Um, obviously, Ido Smith is definitely a flex guy in that offense. Um, both of them. I mean, Tevin Coleman this week, I think could be a a number two running back. Um, definitely, Edo Smith, you could flex. Uh, but going forward, yeah, it's, it's all about the matchup
1: one of the more me. one of the more frustrating things and sorry for interrupting one of the more frustrating things for me is I actually drafted Tevin Coleman in a decent amount of spots thinking that uh you know Devonte Freeman's had you know a pretty good number of mileage on his on his tires over the last couple of years and and Coleman could actually be the type of guy where he could step into this role if Freeman gets hurt gets hurt and he could be to t- maybe a top 5 top 10 running back and I did what I didn't plan on was Ito Smith looking so good? And, and that's that's the frustrating thing is is everything went to went according to plan except for Coleman's been underwhelming a little bit and Ito Smith's actually been playing very well.
3: Yes, I agree with that. I mean, uh, Coleman has been a little bit of a disappointment. Um, obviously, w- when you when you consider uh, Devontae Freeman goes out, you would expect, like you said, Coleman to get all the carries and be that number two or number one running back. That and I think everybody that drafted Tevin Coleman was um, either Hoping that maybe Devontae Freeman would get, would get injured, or you know they were they're struggling for running backs. They went wide receivers, um, you know, in the top three th- top three holes, or, or or top tight end, and waited on a, on, a, on a second running back. And uh, Tevin Coleman was at the end end of the rope, and that's what you got left uh, to deal with. And uh, yeah, I think uh, I think yeah, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to say the least.
1: Oakland is in disarray right now. the The Raiders, you know, obviously you had all this, well, I mean, there were signs there that in, in the preseason where you know we could kind of look at it and say, well, this could work out, but this could easily not work out with a lot of the moves they've been making. Um, John Gruden gets uh, he gives the vote of confidence to Derek Carr this week. Uh, which is usually not a great sign, especially for a team that's that's been uh, on the downturn. Marshawn Lynch, I mean, they're we're worried about him missing more than one week with this groin injury, and, you know, he's not a spring chicken anymore, and he's no. not going to recover as fast as he used to. And Amari Cooper, you know, had that nasty hit last week. He's being, uh, you know, in the concussion protocol right now. We don't know when he's going to come back. It's not a great situation for anybody there right now, and if you own a Raider, you have to question can I even start any of these guys in my lineup right now? I mean, I I know there's the potential for Jalen Richard with, with uh, him, you know, his pass catching ability and with, with Marshawn Lynch kind of up in the air, obviously Jordy Nelson has been sort of uh, hit or miss this season, but Jamie is there, I, I don't know if you own any Raiders anywhere, but who are you confident in? Uh, who can you start in week seven on this team?
3: Yeah. Um, I, you know <laughs> Jalen Richard is about the only one I can think of I mean yeah Nelson if boomer bust play I mean, Jalen Richard is if, if they're gonna be playing from behind it's it's obvious from for the rest of the year it looks like um he is he's good for 12 to 15 points on the go forward I think uh a game that's not bad um you know amari cooper I've, I own amari cooper and I, I want to say I I, feel, I can't have I don't know how many leagues but uh you know three or four to say um, I heard he's on the trade block even maybe, um, and I, I don't know what that, if you've heard that rumor or not, but that's what I've heard, um, so he may not even be a Raider in, in, in the near future.
1: Yeah, and, and I should mention too, the Raiders are actually on by this week, but these are all, yes. uh, everything that we're talking about here t- could spill over into week eight a- as well. I mean, with Derek Carr, with and you mentioned too, I mean, Cooper was, we saw that that came across, I think on like Sunday morning, um, from Adam Schefter or Ian Rappaport or somebody said that yeah they're actually looking uh, at trading both him and I think Carl Joseph was the safety who have the same agent I think as Khalil Mack so I wonder if there's you know some, yeah. something something uh, <laughs> deeper there uh, with, yeah. with the Raiders just not wanting to deal with those agents but yeah I mean it, Amari Cooper's been he's so frustrating to to own me he, he, yes, you know, he has is. a great week from him one week and then nothing the following week. And honestly, and Jamie, you correct me if I'm wrong. You know, I own Cooper in a couple of spots. I've already resigned myself to knowing that I will start him on, on given weeks where he gives me nothing, but I'm starting him more (laughs) often than not because at least that way, when I know I start him, I will get the good weeks and I'm willing to take the bad with him rather than keep him on my bench and knowing that the bad won't hurt me, but I'll never get the good.
3: Yeah, no, I agree with that. I mean, you, you got to play your best guys, and he, he's a top—he's a top-notch receiver. He's not in a good situation right now, um, but you can't overthink it. And a lot of times, um, I don't care who you are, you, you overthink things. And and uh, yeah, like I said, I'll have my lineup every week, um, and and hope for the best. And and like I say, you deal with the bad weeks, and hopefully you get a bunch of more good weeks along the way. But what about John Gruden? Poor John Gruden. What's he thinking right now?
1: <laughs> yeah. He's thinking about uh, all, you know, $100 million can spend so many different ways. You know, like uh, uh, he's already planning his uh, his Hawaii trips and, and Belize yeah. trips or whatever uh, in the offseason yeah. because clearly right now it is not a good situation oh. uh, to, to be involved in, in the Raiders organization. But at least yeah. he got paid and, and his owner loves him. I'll rather be back in the booth, if you yeah. ask me. <laughs> yeah, I'm, it's definitely a, the 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 work week is probably less stressful, I would imagine, uh, back in yeah, the booth. Doubt. And you know, I'm not I, I'm not a I, I'm not a huge like oh this this announcer's terrible, this announcer's terrible. I don't get involved in that. But it seems like there's a lot of venom being spewed at Jason Witten right now about the job he's doing in the Monday Night Booth. I'm sure a lot of Monday Night Football fans would love to see John Gruden back there as well.
3: Exactly. Uh, you know, I think I think uh, Witten's trying to be too much like Romo, and he just doesn't have it.
1: Yeah, there's a reason that Romo was the quarterback and Witten was the tight end, and exactly. it wasn't just a size thing. Uh, <laughs> let's go up north to Seattle and uh, talk about Russell Wilson and Doug Baldwin. These are I was like I was really on Doug Baldwin in the pre-draft process till he had this knee thing, and it caused me to 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 stay away from him. And I never I don't think I got him in any drafts this year because somebody was always willing to go a little bit higher than I was on him. And I mean, this is this has turned into a low volume pass offense, which I guess when when Brian Schottenheimer took over, there as the offensive coordinator. We kind of should have seen this coming, that it was going to be Chris Carson and Rashad Penny, um, you know, and well, maybe not Mike Davis. We didn't see coming, but obviously he's been a pretty valuable piece in that rushing attack the last couple of weeks as well. When do they start? I mean, do they start get it getting it going this year where they become the Wilson and Baldwin duo that we've been accustomed to seeing over the last couple of years? Or is this sort of you know the, the beginning of the end of, of the Doug Baldwin decline? I I'm not sure how to read this. How how are you looking at this situation?
3: Uh, exactly the way you did. I mean I I didn't I, I picked him up I think in one draft and I think it was it was either the sixth or seventh round. I, I the, the, if you say knee to me I I try to stay away from anybody that has a knee problem going into the season. Um, and so he's been he's been on my bench and um I, I was just waiting for. For the, for the game that uh, he came out a little bit. I think his coming out party was last week a little bit. I mean, I think he got 15 points in uh, PPR. I, they looked like they were – of course, they're, they were playing uh, the Raiders. Um, so I guess that doesn't count. I don't know.
1: <laughs> it counts. <laughs> but, it just counts for less. He went six, yeah, so, six for 91 uh, last week. So you're right, 15.1. Yeah, 15, yeah, 15 points. So I, I'm willing
3: I'm willing from, from this point forward to, to give him a start. And uh, I, I think it looked like to me they got it together a little bit. Um, that whole team is really coming around, uh, surprisingly.
1: Yeah, and um, you know we'll see what happens going forward there. But I think that you know for anybody who is holding out hope for Doug Baldwin, this is the week you wanted to see. Um, he gets one catch for one yard the previous week, only five for right. 41 uh, the week before that. So I mean for him to get this six for 91, we'll see. And honestly, if you own him, you're probably going to feel better about um, you know starting him going forward. I believe Seattle's on the bye again this week. Um, Yes, but uh, but, you know, week eight, this will make you feel a little bit more comfy playing him in your starting lineups. We only have, uh, speaking of the action that that's going on uh, this weekend, five more weeks of play until the start of the league playoffs in both the football guys, players championship and the FFPC main event. Now, there's a lot of new uh, drafters, a lot of new team managers, a lot of new players in the main event in the football guys leagues this year. Jamie, for anybody who is managing their rosters now? As we get the four-team bye weeks coming up, we'll have some sixteen bye weeks coming up as well. What's the biggest thing uh, that 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 players should either be careful not to do, and uh, also be careful that they're making sure they do over these next critical five weeks of play?
3: Well, so if you're playing any of my teams, just do not set your lineup. Be <laughs> <perfect>. <laughs> no, um, yeah. Going back to that, you know, I already see guys that are. You know, not picking up a kicker when the when their kickers aren't bye week because their team sucks. Um, you know, I would say guys play play, play the season all the way through. Um, that's the way it's supposed to be played, um, and it just makes it, uh, it makes it more competitive for for the people at are top because you never know when you that, that 0-5 team that only has 500 points to this point can score 180 points and knock a guy that's you know possibly contending for first or second place. So that's 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 the most that's the biggest thing I hate is when people don't don't set their lineups or they don't go out and get the player they need to, to fill a roster a roster position when the, when the player's on buy, um, that's just oh I hate that so um, that's one thing and then you know don't overthink it just you know keep playing the, the players that got to where you are and, and and you should be good.
1: You know the other thing I'll mention too, you, plugging those players in for uh, for for bye weeks obviously so so important so crucial. And, you know, you know, there's five weeks is, I mean, it's not a lot of time, but it's enough time where even if you're sitting, you know, yep. middle of the pack or bottom of your league, you could still actually make a run here and sneak into the playoffs. And so I That's always right. encourage people to do that. The other thing I'll mention from a strategic standpoint, it's pretty easy to pick up a kicker if you have a guy on buy. It's fairly easy to pick up a, a moderate, uh, a palatable defense when you're facing a buy. What's trickier, I think, for people who like to play only one quarterback, I think of you know teams that only drafted Aaron Rodgers or only drafted Ben Roethlisberger or only drafted Russell Wilson this week where they have to plug in a quarterback. Um, or if you waited on tight end and you decided, ah, you know what, FFPC, they overrate tight ends there. I'm just going to roll with one guy and we'll see what happens. I think you do need to be a little bit more forward thinking at those two positions, trying to get a good matchup Uh, for when your bye week is coming. So hopefully, you know, you knew that Rodgers is going to be on bye and you had somebody like uh, Joe Flacco loaded up where you already had him on your roster knowing that he was going to be playing that Saints defense this week. I think that's a perfect example. So I think forward thinking at quarterback and tight end can really make a difference for you as well in this format.
3: No, definitely. I agree with that 110%. I mean, there's there's players I've picked up way in advance um, looking at bye weeks or the possibility of injury, you know, especially at the tight end, the tight end has just been decimated this year.
1: Yeah, it's it's oh, it's been so rough. And honestly, yeah. I, I'm, I'm kind of thinking about how this is going to affect 2019 drafts. We already, we, obviously, in, in the FFPC, tight ends get picked higher. I wonder, Jamie, if we're actually going to see even more of them picked higher next year because people don't want to be in this, you know, mess that, that we're in with tight end right now.
3: Well, hell, you only got the top. I think the top ten are only worth picking up in the first Five rounds. I mean, it's uh, that's that. It's just that bad. I mean, it's uh, you know, I I I went on a limb on a on uh, I think it was week two that Disley, Will Disley for the for Seattle came out and had his uh his big game and and I was already decimated and, and I don't know several teams and I was looking for a tight end. so I went I was able to spend the money and you know he, he got me a couple good weeks or one good week and then you know then he got injured and so I never we'll never know what he was capable of doing but. Uh yeah, it's 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 tough, man.
1: Yeah, it's very very tough and and anybody who who is able to score a tight end or stream successfully off the waiver wire from here on out, they are definitely going to earn every penny every penny that they win. Towards the end of the season, uh, because <laughs> you are earning it for sure, if you can right. get those tight ends off the waiver wire. Uh, speaking of um, of uh, blind bidding, how are your budgets looking right now in your Football Guys teams, your main event teams in the FFPC? It was, you know, you start with a thousand dollars at the uh, at the beginning of the season. We're now entering week seven. You still have a lot of funds left. Are, are they mostly tapped out? How are they looking? Uh, you know,
3: I'm a you know I'm a guy that always in the Beginning of the season, I'll spend some money like on a a Philip Lindsay, for example. Um, You know, I don't want to ever look back and say, you know, excuse my language, sorry. Uh, I don't want to look back and say, you know, I should have picked up Philip Lindsay, you know, because he's actually been a pretty solid PPR player. You know, 12 points to 14 points a game, I guess, is what he's doing right now. Um, So... Yeah, I mean, I, I'm broke in some leagues, and some leagues I'm, I'm sitting pretty. You know, the, the leagues that I had a deep bench and the, and the draft wasn't as competitive, um, a, a lot of those leagues I'm, I'm, I'm flush with, with money, and, and if something comes out, I can have the ability to, to grab a guy um, and spend some money. Um, other leagues, not so much. You know, I, I like this number 12 team, I mean, uh, Gio, Gio Bernard was sitting there at uh, uh, when, when – oh, uh, uh, golly – the running back for Cincinnati went down.
1: Mixon, Joe Mixon.
3: And, yeah, Mixon, and uh, and so he was sitting there on the waiver wire, and so I, I was willing to spend a good chunk of change to get him, and uh, it helped me out. It's put, it's it's one of the reasons why I'm you know where I'm at right now is uh, I had his points for almost what three four weeks now. It was four weeks, I think it was.
1: Yeah, I and mean, hit- like some, some of these decisions And you mentioned, you um, use the Lindsay and Bernard examples. You, you have to, sp- I mean, think about the production that they gave you those weeks. I mean, that is what the blind budgets were. You're basically yes. buying that production. And, I, and if I'm understanding you correctly, um, I, I think you and I are of one mind here when we're talking about how we like to spend these, uh, our budgets. I'll go heavy early on, it, you know, uh, I have no problem going heavy, you know, sometimes five, $600 uh, yep. on, on a difference maker weeks one, week two, or week three. Then typically, um, uh, unless there is, there's somebody staring me in the face, I tend to actually not, not, not go into like backseat mode, but I, I, I'm a little bit more frugal, um, until like maybe weeks, uh, eight, nine, 10, I'll, I'll usually empty out what I have left. If I have a few hundred bucks left trying to, you know, load up, uh, either to cover me for a bye week that's coming up or to, to kind of figure out what my team is going to be looking like in those championship weeks, weeks 14 through 16 or, or the league playoffs and in weeks 12 and 13, I'm, I think that's how I typically go. So I'm not a big spender mid season, but early and late, I think is when I, when I end up going heaviest.
3: Yeah, no, I agree. And perfect examples like this week. I mean, i there's just not a whole lot out there for me. I mean, there's, there's a few players that you could probably you know snag on the cheap, but I mean, like uh, Raheem Mastart, um, he, he looks like he might do some damage as running back. Uh, and then, you know, the, you, Josh, Josh Reynolds would be a, a guy that you could pick up this week and play, in place of Cooper cup. Um, so, you know, there's just not a whole lot out there, but yeah, I'm a big spender in the, like you said, I, I kind of tend to, to relax in the middle mid season and, you know, you can't take the money with you, so you might as well spend it and, and try to make a difference for your team.
1: Yeah, you definitely have that right for sure. And, and Mo, yeah. M- Mostert, uh, is he's an interesting guy because he's basically made Alfred w- Alfred Morris, like, um, uh, obsolete, like, I mean, cuttable in leagues. There's yes. no reason to keep him around anymore. I was so fr- – you know, I went to that Packers 49ers game on Monday Night Football, and I'm I'm seeing – I'm like, oh, wow, Ma- Mostert's actually been playing. Well. well, wait a minute, where's Alfred Morris? You know, <laughs> exactly, and uh-huh. I had him going in a couple leagues. It was so frustrating. Um, your uh, your thoughts on um, uh, just just to get into a couple other players that people might be rostering. Doug Martin is mostly owned in a lot of leagues, but if you had the choice between him and Jalen Richard to pick up for the Raiders when they come back from bye, do you like uh, Richard better than Martin?
3: Uh, in, in a PPR format, I, I think Richard's going to be the guy. I mean, that's just my opinion. Um, I haven't seen enough of of uh, Doug Martin to really. Met, I mean, he really hadn't done anything this year, so. Um, I don't. I don't foresee that happening either. With that, uh, the offense in the shamble that it's in.
1: Looking over um, to the uh, the Jets wideouts, uh, is there any fantasy value? I mean, are you going to try to find a spot on your roster for either Jermaine Curse or or Terrell Pryor after last week?
3: No, not me. Staying no. away
1: in general. I'm staying away from that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. I mean, well, it's one of those things too. It's just like I, I get trying to spend on a guy like. You know, Mostert really hasn't made his mark uh, on the NFL yet, so we don't. I mean, we kind of know who he is, but we don't necessarily know really who he is. But I mean, Curse Pryor, I, I feel like you're bidding on those guys. You, you kind of know what you're getting. I mean, that we we kind of know the ceiling there, uh, but yeah. with a guy like Mostert, we we don't know uh, yet.
3: That. Yeah. And, and if you're if you're uh, if you're thin at running backs, which a lot of people are, um, yeah, that's a guy you want to take a chance on. I mean, you probably won't start him. Um, this week, but you'll, I mean, he could be fantasy relevant here in the next couple of weeks.
1: Well, and those running backs too. I mean, it, they are so, it's so much more of an opportunity game for them rather than the receivers. You know, the receivers are, are so reliant on, on schemes and quarterbacks and everything like that. But running backs, I mean, sometimes all you need is just, is just that little edge, that little injury, um, you know, a a, scheme, a slight scheme change. And all of a sudden you could be extremely valuable uh, for these high stakes teams.
3: Oh, yeah, that's right, for sure, without a doubt. I mean, that's, uh, yeah, that's you, you hit the nail on the head with that one.
1: Jamie, you have been very gracious with your time today. I certainly appreciate you joining me uh, and, and talking a little uh, fantasy football here this week on the uh, high-stakes lowdown. Before I let you go, last question. Uh, are there any studs uh, in your lineups or in other high-stakes lineups that uh, you think people should think twice before starting this week because you think they might be in for a big bust type of week seven weekend and then a sleeper that you don't think uh, for a player that you don't think is going to be in a lot of starting lineups, but you think actually is going to be a good start for high stakes players.
3: So the sleeper, I think Josh Reynolds is going to be a, a great play this week um, with Cooper Cup being out. Um, He's a talented guy. He's, he's speedy. He's rangy. Um, I think he gets a lot of targets this week. Um, You know, I, 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 the top, I mean stud, I mean, you know, Drew Brees on the road is, is – outdoors is typically typically not good, and he's going into an, an environment against the Baltimore Ravens, um, which if you have in, in this – and most people are fortunate enough to have another quarterback, um, you know, rostering two stud quarterbacks. Is, I mean, like, you know, I mean, there's, there's leagues I've got, Drew Brees and Jameis Winston. I'm starting Jameis Winston over Drew Brees this week all day long.
1: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm I'm with you. Uh, Winston I picked up actually – one or two of my leagues last week, I was surprised he was out there, and, and I was pleasantly surprised at the output. That that defense is not good, and they, they should be in a lot of shootouts. And the great thing about That's Winston, right. not only uh, it, you know his talent and in, in, um, the way he is fearless in pushing the ball down the field uh, to, to make big plays, which, granted, comes at the cost of, of some turnovers now and then, he has talented guys he's throwing to, Evans and Jackson and Breit and Howard and Godwin. Um, you know, all those guys, I mean, these guys are all talented pass catchers. So it's, it's a, it's sort of like a, a perfect storm of fantasy goodness. If you waited on quarterback and we're lucky enough to get Winston, uh, he, he could be in for a a pretty successful next four or five weeks at a minimum.
3: Oh, I think, I think so. He's, he's definitely, um, starting material the rest of the way for me. I mean, without a doubt, I mean, obviously you got to pick your, pick your places with if you have Drew Brees and Jameis Winston. So, um, but yeah, anytime Brees is on the road, um, i will probably start in Winston.
1: Well, you are definitely starting material in the high stakes landscape, and for sure in this podcast, Jamie. Uh, thank you so much uh, for uh, for joining me this week, and good luck not only on that 12th place football guys team, and we'll see what happens with that one at the end of the season, but in all your leagues going forward this weekend as well.
3: Thanks, Balky, and go Astros.
1: Go Astros, and you know we didn't even talk about this. Is you are <laughs> you are rooting for uh, your Astros to get into the World Series for the second straight year? I'm trying to get my brewers in there uh, for the first time in forever, essentially. So it will be a fun weekend for both of us, hopefully a good weekend for both of us as we cheer those teams on.
3: That's right, man. Hopefully, uh, I'm hoping for Milwaukee and Astros so I can come up there and and see some World Series games with you.
1: Well, listen, we'll, we'll go to Miller Park, we'll have a couple of beers, we'll have a couple of brats, and it will be an enjoyable baseball experience. I have no doubt about it.
3: Bulky. I don't. I don't drink a couple. We're gonna to have to. <laughs> for
1: 20. Well, you know the great. The great thing about Wisconsin at Miller Park, a lot of people don't know this. You part of your game ticket. You it is a twelve drink minimum in, in oh, Wisconsin. Oh, Yeah. So. That's so, my
3: kind of ballpark.
1: Yeah, exactly. Well, you you when the when the ballpark is named after a beer, you kind of know what's right. what you're getting into. Uh, when when that happens. So we'll make it happen, dude. We'll talk to you again real All soon. All right, man. Thanks, man.
2: You shouldn't go to Barnes & Noble and buy 10,000 books just so you can build a book fortress and yell out, I am your book leader. You shouldn't buy 147 copies of War and Peace, stuff them inside turkeys and serve them at Thanksgiving as Terbookins. And you definitely shouldn't buy up all the copies of Dork Diaries causing the neighborhood kids to stage a protest in your front yard. But you could. Because at the Barnes & Noble Book Hall, you can get over a 1,000 titles for 50% off. Stock up at your local Barnes & Noble. Tobokans are fictitious and should not be cooked at home.